What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Vojanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I am one of your co-hosts, Mason Austin. And you know what? On these episodes, uh, it's just going to be me and Mason here for these lineman episodes. Uh, Mason here is obviously our lineman expert, if there was any, on the podcast. And so he obviously played line over at a rap back in the day arapaho high school back in the day you know played offensive line played defensive line am i missing anything mason no i was a lineman through and through yeah didn't you play tight end though you got it i played a little bit i played a little bit of tight end later on. yeah so so you lived every lineman's dream (laughs) at at that point so there there you go you know i i played a little bit of line mostly in middle school i'm not even gold cap there so i know my stuff pretty well here and cody obviously is a skill player so he is not here this is a big boy podcast so let's get into it on this episode we are going to talk about our top five senior interior linemen here in Colorado. So that is class of 2022 players. So if there's anyone that's 2023, 2024, obviously they're not going to be on this list. These are guys that will be graduating uh, this next year here in 2022. And then they are interior linemen. So um, usually most of these guys are guards. And then we do have a center on here as well last year we just did linemen we put guards and tackles together definitely left out a lot so you know this way we could cover more players here but mason if you're ready do you mind if i go ahead and get this thing started and talk about our number five lineman interior lineman in the state no go right ahead i bet so at number five in our class of 2022 uh, interior lineman list, we have Ari Jacobs from Lutheran High School. They are a 3A program. Ari is 6'3", and then on Twitter, he is listed at 295. So you know what? That's what that's what we're just going to roll with right now. I know on Huddle, he is listed at 280. Right, Mason? Yeah. Yeah, it's 280. So there you go. But... On Twitter, he is listed at 295, so we'll just run with that. But let me go ahead and talk about strengths, some reasons why he is on this list, you know, and some reasons why, you know, he's one of the top linemen here in Colorado. And so, number one, I think the thing I like the most about his game, the thing that stands out, is that this dude is just a very strong and stout uh lineman you know he has more than enough power to play at the next level right now and it shows because he stonewalls a lot of the competition you know he gets in there but he does stonewall a lot of the competition you see it in pass pro you know he gets in there uh and there's nobody that could overpower him it's very rare even actually i don't think it really happened at all where you know he would just get straight up overpowered and like just lose a lot of ground in pass bro and then kind of the same goes and run as well you know he just doesn't lose a lot of ground if it's 101 strength wise it you could probably count on him winning that power game there so there you go uh the second biggest thing which i really like and is a little surprising for a guy at this height and weight especially at this age as well you don't see this a lot from like 
I guess, really young high school lineman, I would say. Uh, well, young as in, you know, seniors in high school, but he has very good hand fighting. I think that is a very big aspect of his game. He does go to 6-0 Academy. Shout out to, is it McChesney, right? Yeah, McChesney. Yeah, I just want to make sure I don't shout out the wrong guy. Shout out to him and his 6-0 boys. Uh, he gets them right, and that's very obvious here. Not only in-game he does well, and you I mean, you could watch a game, and Mason, you and I actually went to that Denver North game plus, looked at a lot of his film. Like, he is just very good hand fighting wise. You know, there's some dudes who are a little bit quicker on the 3A level. Maybe they don't have the size, but they have the speed. And so when they go at him, you know, he holds up really well. And then once he gets his hands on them, it's pretty much a wrap. You know, but he's a very good hand fighter, and you can't say that every day. He, I, I'm pretty confident he could go head to head with the best here in the state. If you look at some of his uh, videos on his Twitter as well, you see him doing a lot of that work, and he looks really good. So there you go. Um, and then uh, I think the third thing here that I'm just gonna mention before I pass it off to Mason, and he will talk about some strengths and some weaknesses, is that he has a very good step, solid in pass pro, like I said. And then, Mason, you said this um, thing right here that he doesn't overreach. Now, do you have anything else you want to add on to this? And feel free to add on uh, as much as you want here before you talk about some areas of improvement slash, I guess, reasons why he's not rated higher than five. No, I don't really want to add anything. I think you got most of it. Um, if Well, all of it. But I think uh, one thing is that his head is on a swivel looking for that next block, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, you don't see that at a lot of, you know, linemen at this level. And I think that comes from the fact that, you know, his school Lutheran, they pass a lot. So, you know, you have to be able to block for that quarterback. Um, but going into some of the things he needs to work on, I think, well, this isn't something he can work on. But his level of competition, I think, is one thing that's kind of holding him back a little bit. Uh He's not facing, you know, the dominant pass rushers that we see at like an Arapahoe High School because he is 3A. Um, so I'd like to see him kind of at that next level. Um, I think his stance is something that's kind of weird and different is when he's on a pass blocking, it looks like he just kind of squats down and puts his hand on the dirt. And like, yeah, I guess that's content, like considered a three-point stance. And it kind of is a way to make it happen for pass blocking. But you don't get that push off because you can kind of use your hand to give you that little push off. And I think that comes into another thing for him that he plays too high. Occasionally he gets up high. And I know, you know, he's he's six foot three. That's a good height. But I think he needs to just drop those hips a little bit, get a little lower. And that'll allow him to kind of handle some of these faster guys because I think his agility is like one thing for me that is huge, I guess. Uh, it looks like his step off of his stance which could come from his stance and it can also come from his agility it's a bit slow when he's pole blocking and that's one thing like in the denver north game that we went and saw he pole blocked against them you know he took that first step ran down the line but he was just a second late and i think if he can just chime in to get that second late i think he'll be you know on that next level even higher than he already is uh, is there anything else you want to add simon no, not too much. I agree. I think level of competition, obviously, we do see what he does in his training. That's kind of the pluses of 6-0. It allows those guys to get in there and work against, you know, people of that caliber. But 
I, I mean, it's not like he's facing them on a consistent basis as you would in a season. And so I would agree that's a pretty big, uh, that's a that's probably the biggest reason why he's uh, right here at number five. There's nobody else at 3A or lower than 3A on this list. So there you go. Just going to throw that out there right now. And then, yeah. and then I would also say that I think... He probably needs to slim up a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with being, you know, a little bit heavier here at 295 near that 300. I think that's great. But just watching him play, I think if he was to slim up and get to like a, I don't know, like a lean 280. And it is possible to get to a lean 280 here, uh, a little bit leaner, I guess, than you are right now. That would help him out a lot because I feel like that lack of agility is definitely another thing that holds him back a little bit. One of the reasons why he missed that pole block is just because he just doesn't have that like elite or like awesome like agility right now, which he can't get there. And I think if he does slim down, he could definitely get there. But Mason, uh, how about you tell us about the two offers that Ari Jacobs has right now? And uh, any other interest before we talk about Outlook or get deeper here into the Outlook of Ari Jacobs? Yeah, so he does have an offer, an official offer uh, on 914 of this year from the University of St. Mary. Uh, they officially offered and he also has Lion College and that was 9921. But it looks like as well, Western Colorado University is looking at him. Um, actually it does say here on 930 that he also has an offer from Western Colorado. So that is three offers, but you know, he's definitely looking and I definitely think for Wait, him, did you mean CSU Pueblo? No, no. He received an offer from Western. No, I know, but you said Western Colorado twice. Did you mean CSU Pueblo as well? Oh yeah. CSU Pueblo. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's also received an offer from CSU Pueblo, uh, so that would make four offers total. Um, so he's definitely, you know, uh, CSU Pueblo and them are D2. I could see him playing at that D2 level. I think personally, if he could take a JUCO offer for a year and kind of learn under those guys and be at that next level of competition, I think he could, you know, with, you know, slimming up a little bit. Uh, drop into that, you know, functional 280, gaining a little bit more speed. I think he could go D1. Um, I think he could take a low-level D1. He has the athlete. I think he has the athleticism, and I think he has the power for sure to play at the next level at D1. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, nothing wrong with D2, but I mean, obviously, it's his decision. He could decide to just go D2 or maybe he wants to go D1. And I think he can make it there. I think taking a year, a year or two to play Juco is never a bad thing. You know, first off, it's cheaper school, which you can never go wrong with. And then also, I mean, it just gives you more time to develop here and get better. I think even if he doesn't get to 280, maybe just slims up a little bit to the point where his agility is a bit better here. Because I really do feel like he is like he's real close to being an FCS type of guy right now. Um, I think that would be a good thing for him for sure. Uh, so, yeah, but I mean, nothing wrong with D2, but I think right now I definitely see him as a D2 uh, to, you know, FCS type of guy. And if he does go D2, 
I would imagine he would redshirt first anyways, right, Mason? Yeah, I definitely would redshirt him. Um, not only to give him the time to develop and get into that next one, like that next step, but I think that if he redshirts, he could probably uh, gain a little bit of, you know, doing the same thing that a, you know, a JUCO would do for him and, you know, slim him down, get him to his agility right and get him to that next level for whatever D2 program that he's going to help out at. And I think that he's going to do just fine at that level. Yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, you don't have to be a three-year starter as a lineman. I would probably rather take quality, like, seasons over quantity, as would most people, I think. But there you go. So I wouldn't be in the biggest rush here to get on the field. Get yourself right, you know. Make sure you're feeling good about it, too, for sure. So there you go. Uh, Mason, before I move on here, is there anything else you want to add on? No, I think I'm good. All right. Sounds good. Well, after this quick break, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about our number four guy on this list. All righty. Welcome back. Uh, our next guy, number four on this list, he's 6'2", 270 pounds, Nick Worster from Fairview High School. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and go right into his strengths. Um, I think he's an exceptional pass blocker. Um, you know, Fairview out there runs the spread. One of the, I think it's the only high school in Colorado, right, Simon, that runs spread? Lutheran has some spread looks, but not like Fairview. Okay. Well, maybe, I mean, we could, that could be an argument, probably. But uh, on the 5A level, I think they're one of the only ones who run it like they do, because they're... They, they're like almost always four or five wide. So there you go. No extra help on the line. Yeah, they definitely don't get any extra help, man, but they don't need it with this guy. He uh, He's an exceptional pass blocker. Uh, the second he steps back, he brings up beautiful lanes. He holds his own on the line. Uh, he makes great, quick decisions, and he can pick up a blitz. That's one of my favorite things to watch about him is, you know, a blitzer comes inside. He can pass his block off and pick up the blitz to help out. And keep, you know, that quarterback over there at Fairview, uh, Kritza, Beckham Kritza. Uh, it keeps him pretty pretty clean. He allows the lanes for Beckham to step up in. Um, he makes second level blocks when he is on the run or screen plays. They run screens over there. Uh, but he'll get to that second level and he makes the perfect blocks. He, he, he picks the position. He picks the spot. And, you know, he picks who he's going to be before the play even happens and he makes it there. And you can definitely tell he will definitely help chip inside. And, you know, as a guard, he chips him to the center if he has to, or he chips him out to pick up that block. So he doesn't have two guys on him. He makes one guy his responsibility. Um, I definitely think his IQ for watching passing like pass blocks coming in and where he needs to be is very high. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Simon? No, not too much. I think, in my opinion, the thing I like about him most, like you said, uh, Mason, is that he's just a very good pass blocker. You know, he allows Beckham to climb that pocket, which is something that, you know, I feel like some people don't appreciate enough out of interior alignment. Because for quarterbacks to climb the pocket, there has to be a lane to climb up into you can't just be bouncing around in there and so he does a good job of you know opening that up for Beckham and allowing him to make those decisions and uh like I said earlier I mean no extra help so it's not like I mean usually his running backs 
I would say, are going out for passes. So it's not like you could rely on your running backs to pick up a block that you miss or anything like that. Or if you just get straight up beat, you know. And so definitely have to give him that credit there. But Mason, do you mind if I go ahead and talk about some areas of improvement for Nick Worcester, who is a very exceptional guard, by the way? No, go right ahead. Bet. All right. So Nick Worcester here. Uh, I would say he is probably the best pass blocker on this list, at least one of the cleanest pass blockers on this list. But, you know, they don't really run the ball as much as uh, as much as uh, some other teams here on this list. And even when they do in the run game, it's not that great. You know, he's not as strong or as explosive as some of the guys here. And that shows in the run game. And that's probably why uh, Fairview passes the ball a lot, you know, which isn't a bad thing. But I think he could get a little bit more explosive here. In my opinion, that's the thing that's kind of holding him back uh, from being higher on this list just because he doesn't get as great of a push and just doesn't lay out and dominate some dudes as much as he should definitely tries to stonewall instead of you know keeping the momentum going and just laying out a dude and then getting to the next level and i think part of that as well it impacts his ability to get to the next level when he can't like just outright beat a guy you know and that doesn't happen too often where i would be super worried and say like oh he just doesn't get to the next level at all you know but it happens and it's definitely noticeable at some times you know he's probably not the strongest run blocker here um and so you know take what you want with that but i think he can develop into a stronger run blocker i think just right now he's just very used to pass pro which is not bad at all i would say pass pro is probably a little bit more important than you know run blocking at least in today's like you know football era but it's definitely an issue and is one of the reasons why he's just not higher on this list i just don't think he's a very dominant run blocker but uh mason do you agree with that and you know what are some other things uh, that you want to add on here before i go into outlook on uh nick worster here no i totally agree i think uh the explosiveness is a big issue uh if he i feel like if he got a little bit more explosive he could probably be a lot higher on this list um pass blocking i think his weight might come into it a little bit you know 270 it's not it's not small by any means but it's not you know it's not huge and six two you know as a guard 6-2 isn't terrible, but he might move out to tackle on the next level. I could see him moving out there because he is fast and he can handle pass blocking. So that might not be a bad move for him. But at the same time, if they kept him inside, he's going to get the job done regardless. Yeah, no, for sure. It'll just take a little bit more developing. Uh, probably maybe a little bit more of a left tackle, but I guess it does depend you know, because he is only 6'2". He's not one of those 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guys with the long reach. But I feel like pass pro-wise, if you just need someone to protect the blind side, he could do that as well. But uh, there you go. So with that being said, let me go ahead and talk about Outlook here. I'm looking at his Twitter here, and I don't think he has any offers. I feel like that's not right, though. But Mason, am I wrong with that? I know he's visited CU a couple of times which makes sense because he goes to fairview which is right in boulder but uh are you seeing something i'm not seeing no all i've seen is csu and cu visits that's all i've seen for 
you know, this guy, he, uh, I definitely think he is looking in the right direction for, you know, where he's getting his visits at, but no offers yet. Okay. And so I'm just going to throw this out there. I think he's a D1 guy. Um, I don't know about, honestly, right now, I don't know if he is an FBS power five guy. FCS is maybe stretching it a little bit too. I'm sure he could, you know, get in there on some FCS teams. But right now, I think uh, that lack of dominance as a run blocker is just really hurting him right here. Because I feel like a lot of line coaches, you know, they want a guy who could just go out there and dominate as a run blocker. And so do we here, obviously. Like, you know, you want a lineman who can go dominate and just knock some heads and move some people uh, on the run. And so I think that's definitely hurting him here. I think he has the potential to go D1. I think as far as pass protection goes, like it's D1 level, you know. Um, But right now, I definitely think that run blocking is hurting him a little bit here. Um, Here's the thing, though. If he does get some D2 offers, those are good. I would not mind if I was him, I wouldn't mind taking those. I think that would be just, you know, that, that wouldn't be bad. You know, like go, go where your education's going to get paid for or what you feel like is the most comfortable. Um, I think I can't see him going Juco as well, potentially, you know, maybe continue to work on his game here, get a little bit stronger, but honestly, if he goes to Fairview, it's obvious he lives in the Boulder kind of area. And so I wouldn't be opposed if he was to be a walk-on at CU. Maybe not a preferred walk-on even, but if he was to walk on at CU, try to work his way in, I think that could work out since, I mean, that is pretty close to home there, you know. But Mason, what do you think? I just honestly, just looking at him right now, I don't know if he is a D1 guy like right now with his run blocking skills. Oh, I completely agree. I think that, I think if his run blocking was a little bit better, he'd be 100% a D1 guy. Um, I can maybe see him going big sky ish. Um, yeah, I could see that, but I would say, you know, if he got a D2 offer, I wouldn't mind him taking it. You know, he could definitely play at the next level, you know, get his, you know, if it's especially if it's a full ride, you know, take it, let your let your schooling get paid for. But I see him. I could see him as maybe not a preferred walk on, but I like the idea of him walking on to that, you know, CU Boulder team over there. But Juco might not be a bad thing. Take a year to do Juco and then come back a better, more dominant run blocker. And then you're a D1 guy all the way through. Yeah, no, I would agree. He needs some time for sure. And I'm not just talking about a red shirt, you know, although a red shirt would help him out a lot even then. But yeah, I just think he needs some time to, you know, get stronger, get a little bit more explosive, work on his run blocking here. I uh, I don't mind the idea of Big Sky, but I mean, we'll see. He is an interior lineman at 6'2", so... There you go there. Uh, We'll just have to see, though. So we'll just have to see. But he is a very good pass blocker. And, I mean, you can never go wrong with just having a good pass blocker, you know, Um, because it is a passing game nowadays. So there you go. But, Mason, do you have anything else to add on before we move on to our next guy here? No, I 
think that's everything. Sounds good. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to talk about our number three guy on this list here. Come come next. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. We're talking top five interior linemen in the state of Colorado. And right here, we have our only ranked player, well, our only player with stars, at least, uh, in the state of Colorado that plays in the interior in this class. And that is the 6'3", 260-pound guard slash center from Pueblo West High School. That is Vladimir Dabovich. He's a two-star guy, and he was also first-team all-conference. But I'm gonna go ahead and talk about some strengths here before I pass it off. Before I pass it off to Mason here, and so right away, I think he looks pretty good in pass bro. He moves really well for someone at his size. Uh, you know, he is a little bit on the lighter side at 260. Uh, so, you know, he has a good frame at 63, but. I would say he moves pretty well there. He has pretty solid hands, and he can he can combat um, you know hand fighting when defenders have it. You know, I would say he has pretty strong hands as well that helps him out there. Maybe not the fastest, but he has strong hands that kind of counter those uh, you know moves that defenders are trying to put on him. But yeah, pretty strong hands. Second thing, he has good strength on run plays does get to the second level you see that kind of a lot you know he is able to beat out his guy and get that combo block moving on to the second level you know he's just the kind of blocker that just really works he's just very technically sound to get to that second level so you love to see that and then in terms of different blocks he makes i mean you know this is something we haven't talked about as much before but it definitely plays a role here uh because nick and ari didn't have as many I guess, different types of blocks um, that they would perform in their film, which kind of hurt them as well. But Vladimir here, he pulls, you know, and he's the lead blocker on uh, some of those run plays. He pass blocks pretty well, zone blocks. You see a lot of zone blocking, I feel, times. And, you know, he gets uh, experience from doing all that and does a pretty good job. So that's always a good thing, seeing that versatility, seeing him perform different blocks here. But, Mason, do you have anything else to add on about Vladimir here, the two-star, before we move on to areas of improvement? Yeah, the only thing I'd like to say is that he definitely knows how to use his leverage. You know, him not being the biggest guy, he's not huge. You know, 260, 6'3", he's definitely used a lot of his leverage, which is pretty sick to see. You don't see that in a lot of, you know, I guess younger linemen. They don't try and use leverage to do what they need them to do. They try and just rely purely on strength. But if you can use your strength and your leverage, you can be twice as strong. So it's nice to see there. But going into these, you know, know, these areas of improvement, um, he's not as explosive as some would like. it's notable in the pass blocks when he's, you know, kind of getting attacked. He doesn't rebuttal. He kind of, you know, just maintains. Um, and I say when he gets to his second level, he uses his speed, but he seems to be like really using his speed to get there. And he's not trying to, I don't know, use his speed plus his head at the same time. You know, he's just trying to use his speed. And then he sometimes gets out of position a little bit. Um, and that also falls on pass block. He can kind of get out of position and overcommit. 
I see him on certain pass blocks, he overcommits and then allows another guy on a blitz. And that's shown here in the Fountain Fort Carson game. He didn't look aware. You know, he didn't look aware when uh, when they were trying to blitz him. They were sending blitz packages. You know, Fountain Fort Carson's got a very good defense. And as they were sending the blitz, you know, instead of picking up the guy he was should have on the blitz, you know, he kind of let him go by sometimes because he wasn't aware. So I think those are his biggest areas of improvement. Um, I'd like to see him gain a little bit of weight. Uh, that I think that might a little bit might help him a little bit. But other than that, I don't see many other areas of improvement. Is there anything else you want to add, Simon? No, not really. I agree with putting on a little bit more weight. He is light at 260. And I also agree with him getting good leverage. But I think, you know, he could definitely take his game to another level if he adds on 20 to 30 pounds of muscle or so here. So there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with most of your areas of improvement here. I think as a pass blocker, you know, he has some physical skills and talents that is great. But there, there are definitely, uh, I mean, you know, there are definitely some, uh, how should I say this? Very unpolished things that he does in pass pro that kind of hurts him here a little bit, you know. Um, I would say physically he has the tools to make it happen, but I guess skill wise, you know, he he could he could definitely time it up, you know. So there you go, and it matters on the next level too, by the way, because you know those small things that you don't get done now. I mean, that can mean the difference between you getting laid out and you making the block. So there you go. But uh, you want to go ahead and talk about some offers he may have slash his outlook here? Yeah. So actually, Simon, do you see any offers? I don't see him on Twitter at all. Uh, Here. Oh, I, I got it. Actually, if you want, I could talk about it. Okay. That works. Okay. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> all right. So actually, I... We'll talk about Vlad's offers here. Uh, at least that's what I'm going to go ahead and say uh, is his name. But he does. So I'm just scrolling through his Twitter here. I don't think he has any D1s yet. Um, on October 13th, he was offered by NM NMHU. So that's New Mexico. Oh, hold up. What college is this? I thought I knew what it was. New Mexico Highland University. Oh, okay. There you go. So, Vlad, he does have that offer from NMHU, which is New Mexico Highlands University in Las Vegas, New Mexico, which is interesting. I didn't know there was one there. So that's D2. Uh, has an offer, and this was back in July 26th. He had an offer from Western Colorado. And honestly... I think that might be it. I mean, he's had some invites out. You know, I think he went to CSU Pueblo. I would imagine he's went to CSU Pueblo living down there. You know, uh, I know CSU has showed him some love. Um, is it my not? My note? I feel like I always say this wrong. My note state? Uh, my new? My new? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, my new state, they've... Um, you know, they've showed him some love. I feel like that's another D2. And so a lot of love from D2s before we kind of, I guess, move on and, like, you know, talk about where we feel like he will go. 
Mason, do you feel like Vlad here is a D1 guy? And if so, uh, why? No, I definitely think he's a D1 guy. I think he has what it takes. Uh, I like the way he plays. I think he's very dominant. Um, you know, he could probably benefit from a, you know, a redshirt year, maybe a Juco year. Uh, but I think he definitely could handle it. But, you know, a lot of D2 offers, I don't think that's a bad spot for him either. I don't see him being, you know, a three-year starter or maybe not even a two-year starter on the D1 level. But I could see him being a two- or three-year starter on the D2 level. So I think personally on that one, I think his best bet would probably be go do, be to go D2. But if he's got the D1 offer, I say he takes it because he can definitely compete on that level. Yeah, no, for sure. I think he could compete on the next level. Now, thriving might be a different, I don't know, it might be different to say that he would thrive on the D1 level because I don't know about that. Uh, competing means that you're going to compete for your job and for your scholarship every year, which, you know, could be comfortable or uncomfortable depending on how you want it here. I think personally, right now, he is a D2 guy. I mean, 6'3", 260, he's definitely on the lighter side here. And so I think when scouts see that 260, they're like, ah, I don't know about all that, you know. Um, but he, I mean, you know, there are some small things that he does really well here. He's another 6'0 guy. So no surprises here that he, you know, hand fights really well and does some of those combo blocks very well here. But, but I do think that weight is holding him back a little bit here, plus some of that explosiveness as well, like you mentioned earlier. And so I think right now he's probably a D2 guy. If he could get a lot of his college paid for, I mean, personally, I would, you know, I would take D2. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, even then, you'd still have to redshirt, I'd imagine, and uh, coaches will probably want you at least 270 if you're D2. If he does want to go D1, I would say probably go Juco. You know, go ahead and go Juco, uh, take your year or two or whatever, get to 6'3", 280, or whatever you want to be at when you enter that D1. And then I think he could probably be an FCS guy. I don't know about FBS, uh, but skill-wise, I think right now he could probably be FCS. That's not too crazy to say, do you think? Oh, no, not at all. I think after a year of Juco, he could definitely do FCS. So, all right, well, there you go. But our number three guy, Vladimir Davovich from Pueblo West. Uh, there you go. That's our third interior lineman in the state. Still one of the good ones, though. And so coming up next, we're going to go back to the 5A level and talk about our number two guy here coming up next. Welcome back and going on to our number two lineman, our interior lineman in the state. He's 6'3", 255 pounds from Valor Christian High School. His name is Caden Parrish, and I'm just going to go ahead and talk about his strengths. Uh, he plays center and guard, which makes him very versatile. Uh, you know, playing center is a tough thing. He goes in on a lot of passing situations, and I know at least with my experience when i played center they wanted you in on the pass if you were good at communicating with the line which means that you know the play calling um to know the play calling well enough to call the line plays you have to be a very very intelligent high iq player 
um because you know especially at a valor christian if they're going to be passing the ball they're not playing at a low level they're definitely playing at that higher level so you know they're going to trust the guy that's going to get it done i think that he's very consistent and gets his job done very well and uses his leverage i think he keeps his head on a swivel very well when especially when moving to the second level you know he'll make that backside hit instead of making the one in front to get his you know his running back an extra two yards extra three yards and if i'm not wrong simon one of the running backs for valor christian is one of the top in the state right uh yeah well i would say they have two running backs are pretty exceptional both of them brothers and yeah that's gavin sawchuk who's going to ou then his younger brother gabe sawchuk he's a sophomore he's a pretty exceptional back himself and he's getting some d1 looks so uh yeah there you go well you can't really run the ball without a good offensive line and this kid right here you know caden Parrish, is definitely not an exception to that he's definitely a great offensive lineman uh he's good to adjust when pass rushers are throwing different moves at him you know that's another you know hand thing that you see um he fights off them very very well and he definitely makes the right moves and makes it uh he understands this is something that's kind of you know i don't see from a lot of these other guys is he's understanding a zone blocking scheme um they run a zone blocking scheme over there at uh valor i watched the valor versus uh, i want to say columbine game and you know i watched them zone block the entire time um, and zone blocking is more complicated because you're, you know, you're having to be aware of everything around you. And by handling a zone blocking scheme, that puts this kid at another level. Like I said, his IQ is extremely high. And because he is smaller, you know, only at 255, um, he's technically sound, which is something that I think personally puts him above others is his, if he can technically not, not physically dominate you, but he technically dominates you, he can still win. Um, do you have anything else to add, Simon? No, not too much. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think technically he is very, very sound. You know, he's probably the most technically sound player on this list. And then the other thing I like as well is that he's pretty versatile. Play center and guard. Um, Mason, you said this. You said you believe he plays a little bit more center than guard, right? Yeah, I definitely think he plays more center. So, there you go. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very good team's like, you know, they like their players that can play both positions. And for him to do that, to play center for a team like Valor Christian, you know, that's that's a pretty big deal. You know, you got to be uh, pretty good, not just physically, but mentally as well to go ahead and make that happen. But, well, that being said... Uh, let me go ahead and talk about some, I would say, errors of improvement slash reasons why he is not number one. So I would say his biggest issue probably is that he's just not as strong as some of the other players on this list. I would probably go as far and say he's possibly one of probably the weakest player on this list. Uh, just going to be completely honest with you. He's just not as a. He's just not as explosive strength-wise, and he's just really light um, at 250, 255. I know last year he was listed at 250 when he put on five pounds between now and last year. 
I mean, a little bit of a red flag. I'm sure he can put on a little bit more weight, but I know there are some guys who are capped off uh, at times. And so I'm not going to lie. That is a little bit of a concern, just being 255. And, and already on this level, he is playing 5A ball, you know, so these are like pretty good defensive linemen you're going up against probably the biggest in the state and he's struggling at times you know now he gets good leverage and he's very good skillfully i would say but there are definitely times where he just struggles you know just um brutal force wise and just can't get it done and i think that does have to do with this uh with his weight right now and how heavy he is he's just he's just really light you know and he's not gonna like I would say he just he's just not going to like blow somebody completely off the line or get like a million pancakes like like an Ari Jacobs who had 70 or like our number one guy here. So, you know, there you go. And because of that, he just doesn't get to the next level. You know, you can't get to the next level when you still haven't beat the first guy and you're stuck on that first offender. And so that is definitely an issue there and then lastly in my opinion i do think his hands are just a little bit slow you know there's some hand fighters here on this 5a level that got the best of him at times you know and so i would just say he just needs to improve his hand speed you know um he's good like fundamentally and skill wise where it doesn't matter uh if he's not the greatest hand fighter right now but next level I mean, you want to take away your own weaknesses and uh, opportunities for other teams and players to uh, to beat you out. And so uh, he needs to improve that for sure, in my opinion. He's a little susceptible to some D tackles who have pretty like a good to elite hand fighting, I would say. But Mason, is there anything else you want to add on here before I go ahead and talk about some of his offers? I think one of my uh, main things that I would like to add is just sometimes on the run, he seems to get just a bit in front of himself and kind of over pursues on occasion. It's not always, um, but if he can, if he could clean that up and make it never, I think that would help him a lot um, and maybe put on a little bit of weight. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Putting on some weight would help. Uh, before I do move on, though, just wanted to say he is a wrestler. Uh, pretty solid one at that. And then he has played for Team USA's national team. Um, is it four times, actually? Yeah, there you go, which is pretty big. Uh, so he does have that experience, which probably explains why he's so good fundamentally. But Mason, let me go ahead and talk about his offers here. So... He has a he has a lot of offers I would say. I think D1 wise I'm going to start there. I I'm looking at his page right here on Twitter and I believe he only has that one D1 offer from Drake University. I would feel like it would say, you know, I got my very first D1 offer, but it doesn't say that. It just says he got his uh he got he got an offer from them. So there you go. Um that was August 25th. His most recent offer was like two weeks ago, November 3rd, where we got an offer from Culver Stockton. Um, so, yeah. And then before that, I'm just backtracking here. Uh, so those are his two most recent ones. And then after that, July 28th, he got an offer from Western. Going ahead and putting in that work. He's been offered by Arizona Christian. 
He's been offered by uh, Morningside College. He's been offered by uh, St. Norbert College. St. SNC. Yeah, yeah, SNC. It's a St. Norbert College. Um, and yeah, you know, those are pretty much all the offers I see right now, at least that he got this year. He does have like a million graphics from like Wyoming, uh, who made him a bunch of stuff last year that he posted last year back in 2020. So maybe there is a link there, you know, um, but I think that is all for now. Dartmouth sent some love. Maryland has sent him a graphic here, you know. So, yeah, but mostly D2, I would say. Mostly D2. You could definitely say that, you know, playing for that Team USA team helped him out a lot. Got his name out there, you know. So, that's uh, that's definitely a big deal, you know. That's definitely a reason why he has so many offers and opportunities, which is really good here. But I believe Drake is his only D1 offer at least from what I've seen so far. Before we move on here, Mason, do you think Caden Parrish is a D1 guy? Well, he's been offered by a D1, but in your opinion, what level of D1 is he if you do think he is a D1 guy? So I think personally, with his size right now, he sizes better up at the D2 level. Um, obviously, I think competitiveness and the way he plays, he could probably play... You know, I'd like to see, like I said, like to see him gain a little bit of weight. I could see him playing at the D1 level. I could see him as like a big sky guy. FCS, maybe. Definitely not FBS or, you know, like... Big sky is FCS, by the way. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but still, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him there, but I don't know. I don't think... I'd Honestly, if I was him, unless obviously if Drake, you know, Drake offered... If it's a full ride, you know, go for it, you know. But I think for him personally, a D2 offer would probably be the best. Maybe, you know, with all the offers he has, honestly, I don't think he'd go Juco. But if he went Juco and gained the weight that he needed to gain and worked on the little minute things he needs to work on, you know, D1 wouldn't be even an option. Well, it would be the option to go with. So, but personally, I think D2. Okay, fair enough. I think right now he's a D2 guy. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My biggest concern is his, uh, not his height, but it's his weight, you know. 255 as a, like a two or three year starter, I believe, is what you said, Mason, before uh, we got into all of this. Uh, that's not the greatest. I mean, our number one guy is definitely not 255 pounds. He's at a solid 280, a very solid 280. So there you go. And so I think that's the biggest thing, you know, from him going D1 because I feel like skill-wise, he can go D1, but right now he just doesn't have that weight. Uh, in my opinion, he would probably have to put on 20 to 30 pounds to be a consistent starter on the D1 level. Um, that's not too crazy to say, right, Mason? No, I 100% agree. Okay, so there you go. Uh, a lot of good D2 offers, though, from a lot of different places. You already know that must be exciting just to have you know, different colleges that you know want you and whatnot. And so you have a bunch of different potential college experiences there. And so I would say if Drake offered a full ride, take it. Why not? You know, go D1. Um, but 
there's nothing wrong with D2. There's definitely ways to the league there as well. I think if he does go D2, D2, he could potentially start right away just because of his skills. Now, strength will probably almost always be a little bit of a problem. Uh, but, I mean, you know, if you have good fundamentals, that helps you out a lot. Uh, and, you know, cover up some of those issues there physically. But a lot of offers here. But I do think right now, uh, and it's just because of his size, you know, he is a D2 guy. But D1 skills, though, a D1 skill set is what I should say. Definitely one of the best skill sets as far as the linemen and interior linemen going here in Colorado. And Mason, I'm sure you could agree with that. Oh, yeah, he's definitely... He, he made this list for a reason. You know, I watched a lot of different people from probably almost every high school in Colorado, and he made this list for a reason. Yeah, so he earned his way up here. You know, there's a reason he's up here. He He's, he's very good for sure. So there you go. But wishing him, obviously, all the best of luck along with all these guys. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we're going to talk about our number one guy here in the state of Colorado uh, at the interior offensive lineman spot. Coming up next. Hey, and welcome back. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about a couple honorable mentions before we get into this top player for this one. Um, I'm going to start with Cooper Comeford from Mountain Vista High School. Um, then also Isaac Torres from Bear Creek High School, Cuban Dixon from Dakota Ridge High School, Trey Lawrence from Eaton High School, and uh, the last one I'd like to say is Taylor Nichols from Douglas County High School. All of them just barely missed the list, and we're definitely going to have to do film breakdowns on each and every one of them, um, and they're all great players in this uh, class of 2022. So after that, is it okay, Simon, if I go ahead and just announce the number one player on this class of 2022 list? Go ahead. I don't think maybe not a lot of people know who it is right now. So, uh, yeah, but go ahead, Mason. So coming out of Greeley Central High School at 6'2", 280 pounds, we have Leon Ramirez as our top lineman of this 2022 class. I'm going to go ahead and say a couple um, big things that we saw that are, you know, pros for him. He has excellent pass blocking and his run blocking, especially when he pulls, is insane. Um, he blows people up a lot. Right here, we have it written down to look at his poll, you know, his polling against Longmont. Uh, which, you know, he played some definitely some good players out there. Against Loveland, he had, they have a great defense and they have a great rush defense. And he just handled them pretty easily. You know, his size isn't a problem. He uses his weight to it. And as we've seen on his Twitter, he's a gym rat and he's in there. He had a max on leg or squat of what was that, like five something. And then he had a bench of three... 15 for seven and that was like just a few days ago it's pretty insane he's definitely not worried about his you know weight or his strength and right here we have it written down that he has 101 pancakes that is insane simon do you want to go ahead and add anything else 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, Leon, he's just special, man. I mean, 101 pancakes, first off, insane. He's also a three-time first-team all-conference guy. By the way, when we are doing this recording, when we're recording this, it is November 17th. So just keep that in mind when we were talking about offers. We forgot to do that, or I forgot to do that. So <laughs> there you go. And then all-conference and all-state hasn't come out yet. But he is a three-time first-team all-conference guy, you know, and he's just dominant, man. I mean, physically, honestly... I don't think there are many dudes who could go head-to-head with this guy in the state, period. Because he's just super aggressive. I mean, he's a nasty blocker as well. And his attitude as a run blocker is probably one of his biggest strengths. Because you could tell, he loves to hit. You know, and he just does it. And he just absolutely thrashes defenders all the time. And, you know, he makes parents mad because he's hurting their babies and whatnot. Um, But, you know, he's doing it to big babies. And he's making it happen. And he's just dominating on this 4A level. Almost consistently gets leverage, which is wild. And then, I mean, golly, if you just look at his film, and we will be doing a TikTok of his film here. Uh, as you know all these other guys i mean the first like five minutes or so really throughout the entire reel which is like around seven minutes long he's just blasting dudes over and over again and he's finishing blocks like he finishes almost every block puts him in the ground you know and he's just an extremely aggressive dude he's the guy you need on your team if you want to be able to run the ball if you want to be able to run it you need to have a guy like leon ramirez here who's just gonna hammer these defenders and defenses and have a lot of fun doing it you can tell he does um he just does whatever he wants which is wild because i mean i mean he's just built like that you know and i think something before we move on to weaknesses here um, or I guess areas of improvement here, which isn't a lot, but something that is very underrated about his game is that he's just very agile and quick. Mason, you brought up this video on his Twitter. Uh, do you want to talk about that real quick here? Yeah, I actually just pulled this up. Um, so he has a video on his Twitter where he's running on like a, a thing to test his speed and at 280 pounds, and six foot two he hits 19.8 miles an hour that's a big man going very fast yeah and he's keeping pace on that treadmill too which is wild and it shows man like like i said this dude can move he's just very smooth with it you know and then i mean it's a combination a blend of speed and power you know what I mean? Like, it's just very smooth. And then all of a sudden, he's just laying somebody out. And then he goes on and gets to the next level. Like, the amount of times he gets to the next level is truly insane. Cody and I got to see him play against, uh, it was Greeley West. And he, I mean, granted, it was Greeley West. But he did whatever he wanted in that game, basically. And you could tell he was just having fun because he was throwing players. He was like, man, he was killing their defensive line beating the linebackers and then going ahead and lying down on the safeties and corners too because he can you know he's quick he's fast uh but he's also extremely powerful and so that happened a lot which is why he has these 101 pancakes on the year which is absolutely insane i mean he's just a freak athlete and uh before i move on here uh he does block in a lot of different ways 
mind you. Greeley Central, they do kind of run the ball a lot, so they use him in a couple different ways. But he's just a great lead blocker in multiple different looks, whether he's lined up at fullback or fullback, lined up at fullback or zone blocking or pulling. They pull him a lot. Like he pulls a lot and he goes and he just smacks the outside linebacker. And honestly, I mean, they don't stand a chance. Like, he just smacks them and sets that edge really well. And you know what? If, <laughs> I think I'm just going to throw this out there as well. When you watch this film, and Mason, you could talk about this as well. But when you watch this film, you got to just really focus on Leon here. Because he's going out there and getting it done. If you look at his assignments and who his assignments are, he's getting it done. But around him is pretty chaotic. I'm not going to lie. Mason, did you want to talk on that a little bit here? And why it might look like at times he's missing blocks. Yeah, so sadly this central offensive line, other than Leon, lets through a lot of blocks. You know, when they're picking up blitzes, you can almost you guarantee... defenders? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but when, when they, you know, when they're picking up these defenders, you can almost guarantee on a blitz that Leon has his guys... Uh, sometimes he has more than one. That's why I said guys. He has like one, sometimes two. Uh, I think there was a play against, was it Greeley West, where he he pancaked the first guy, pancaked the second guy, got to the third guy. I was like, oh, okay. That was insane. So, you know, he's definitely, his assignments are taken care of every time. But everyone around him, and I mean everyone around him, is letting through defenders. Um, whether that's the running back that's picking up somebody, his center next to him, his guard, or his other guard, his two tackles, whoever it is, they let through people a lot. Yeah, so it's not pretty on paper. His blocking looks pretty, but, you know, you'll go ahead and do his thing, and then, you know, you'll see his running back, uh, Chino, get stuffed in the back, or is getting crazy pressure off the edges, you know, and so it happens kind of a lot. You just got to keep that in mind, and that's why... I mean, he's the number one guy here because he's able to do so much in a chaotic environment, man. I mean, he just gets it done out here. You know, um, I mean, he's he's a beast, you know, athletically. I think he's just he's just right up there. I mean, he's I don't know. He's he's just a beast athletically, like a freak of nature. None of these other guys are, I would honestly say, anywhere kind of close to his like power and speed and agility right now. Cause he's just on a whole level above honestly you know and so he's gonna be a steal for a lot of teams because i mean he is just on a whole level above you know like extremely strong hands he's violent as well with that and so honestly everything you want from a guard from a center i mean he does his thing he gets it done and also i think he's the only one on this list Maybe Ari Jacobs does it, but he's the only one on this list that plays both sides of the ball. He's also the starting nose tackle. And so for him to continue to make pancakes and to just destroy like defenders while also playing defense, I mean, that's wild. You don't see Caden Parrish. I don't think Vladimir does it or Nick Worcester. Well, I don't know. Maybe Nick does, but you just don't see a lot of those guys like getting those snaps um, on defense and, and Greeley Central is on defense kind of a lot too so there you go and so for him to just have that level of athleticism and just be able to get it done throughout a whole game is is pretty wild you know and I've seen this dude live I know he's a legit like 6'2 280 um, when I first saw him like 
in person and like adapt him up and everything i was like all right he, he feels a little bit lighter he's pretty lean not gonna lie this kid is pretty lean for 280 but then you look at the film you look at his workout videos you look at the numbers he puts up uh lifting which do matter by the way because you know you see how he's so explosive here i mean there's no way he's not 280 either you know so he's a pretty lean 6'2 280 a very in shape 6'2 280 um very much in shape to be a d1 guy but uh, i'm gonna go ahead and talk about the few weaknesses that are here i would say or okay now weaknesses errors of improvement is what we've been calling them i would say that um number one there are times where he gets too hung up on finishing the block, which is great because he always finishes um, his blocks. But he gets too hung up on finishing the block, tries to go ahead and get a, you know another lick in there, make sure he's down for good. And he takes too long to hit the block on the next level. Doesn't happen all the time, um, but it does happen sometimes enough where you see it happen. It's like, all right, get up, go, go get the linebacker or something like that because you got to go get the next guy, you know, and so that is really nitpicky i'm just gonna throw that out there but you just see that and then second you know Greeley central doesn't really pass the ball a lot um against longmont they had a lot of pass plays it seemed you know which is where he got a lot of his pass block uh, film slash experience in there but you know they just don't pass the ball a whole ton which you know we have advised them to pass it uh a lot and so you know there's definitely a little bit of a lack of experience there and pass blocking and it does show at times you know when he is getting blitzed and you know naturally he'll go go ahead and pick up some dudes here and there but there are times where you know like a loveland will run some different things up front that you know will get him a little bit crossed up there uh he still goes lay somebody out though don't get it twisted it's not like he's just like you know not doing anything like he'll go do something at least but you can tell there are times he gets a little bit twisted up there. Uh, Mason, is there anything else you want to add on here before I talk about outlook here, whether it's strengths or uh, areas of improvement? Um, I don't think there's any more areas of improvement, but I do want to say um, I've been watching his I've been going through his Twitter. And so he not only this year, early this year, six, uh, six, he broke the school bench record with 360 then he also beat the school record with 295 on just a normal clean then not only that is he got even stronger when he put up 540 on squat for one rep and then he put up 315 for seven but i think the most impressive is he did the combine 225 for 18 reps and that's before he brought his bench up above 315 this kid is insane strong oh yeah and the thing that you have to like is that this kid just works man he gets in there and he just works like oh my god it's wild dude um him and chino over there at Greeley central they just i mean they're workhorses you know they love the grind and all that and they do it and so that's why they are, you know, college level guys, because they go ahead and get it done, even in a program that is, I mean, they're just not a winning program right now, or they haven't been in like 15 or ish years or so. And Leon here, in my opinion, might be the best Greeley Central player 
low-key possibly of all time because of just of the way he plays you know i think he is definitely in that conversation as an athlete um well as a football player you know chino is up there as well i'm sure Genoa, when everything is said and done will be up there as well probably but you know leon has made his mark though you know everyone's gonna know the name leon ramirez because of just how much of a freak athlete he is and how great like i mean he just gets it done you know so there you go so all of that being said though let's talk about outlook here so here's the thing i'm looking at his twitter and he has one offer from salt river um that is a juco though so there you go not bad you know and then when i saw him at the Greeley west game probably had to have been about a month ago maybe a little bit over a month ago you know we talked to him i asked if he had any offers or uh, what his recruiting status looked like he said as of then shadron state has been kind of showing him a lot of love took a visit out there like the campus so that's good you know but other than that not too many other schools you know and i did ask him i said hey would you be open to going to a juco potentially and like you know like seeing if uh, you can maybe get more offers there and he was like oh yeah absolutely for sure you know he just wants to make it and whatnot and i'm like all right okay cool now look (laughs) let's just be real mason is he an fbs guy or is he an fcs guy you tell me (laughs) in your honest opinion i think i think he can make it wherever he wants to make it man um from one, his work ethic, but from two, just his raw potential. And it's not even that raw. He's honed in on a lot of his skills. You know, there's a reason he's a three-time first-team all-conference guy. Um, I feel like if he played at, you know, one of the big-name schools, a Cherry Creek, a Valor, you know, one of those schools, I feel like this kid would have D1 knocking at his door, you know, trying to get him there. And I think that just all comes with the fact that, you know, he is playing at, like you said, a losing program that's been losing for 15 or some odd years. You know, I feel like in a better situation program wise, he definitely wouldn't have to worry about where he's going to college. He would just pick where he's going to college. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, you know, CU, CSU. I'm going to talk for him. Well, okay, I'm not going to talk for him here. But I'm just going to say CU, CSU, he could definitely do better than both. Because I think he is better than both. In my honest opinion, I think he could play in the SEC. I think, you know, at his size, 6'2", 280, that's not bad. Obviously, he's not going to play tackle anytime soon because uh, he's only 6'2", you know. But uh, still, 6'2", 280, though, you know, he could be a very good inside lineman and like i said he's a lean 62 280 you know and obviously you got to be some kind of weight to be able to be pushing all this weight so there you go you know but i just think he's just one of those dudes i could also see him potentially being a big 10 or wait yeah big 10 that's like wisconsin and all of them right yeah okay yeah there you go i could see him being a wisconsin type of guy like i think he would be a perfect like lineman for them you know they always churn out linemen an iowa type of guy for sure you know i think that's where he's at right now his film says it all i mean and also he's a good kid i haven't heard anything bad about him or any like red flags or anything like that i mean i feel like if there were significant red flags i would have heard about them by now considering i do have 
have a solid amount of, uh, you know, connections with Greeley and whatnot. And so with all that being said, I just think he's a D1 guy. He doesn't have those offers right now, but whatever team that gets him, oh my God, they might be hitting the jackpot. Honestly, if he really wanted to, if he really wanted to, I think he can maybe walk on over at UNC and eventually earn a scholarship. What do you think about that, Mason? I think he's, I know this is going to sound kind of messed up, but I think he's too good of a player to go walk on at UNC. Um, I'd rather agreed. I'd, I think I'd rather see him go to a JUCO and then get, like you said, go to, a, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa. But, you know, one school that comes to mind for me that pumps out a lot of linemen, Michigan. And, you know, Michigan runs Ooh, the ball. Yeah. They like to run the ball. If you want to run the ball, you run behind this man. You know, like he gets to that next level. He's an impact walker and he's not afraid to make it happen. So, you know, you know, Michigan, you know, you might be sleeping on a kid because, you know, they have a losing record and the rest of his film. But if you watch this guy, he is that guy. He's the guy that changed the game at his position and he's willing to put in the work to change the game. So, you know, I could see him going to Michigan and getting it done. And that's kind of where I'm at. So I say for him, Juco, and, you know, he has a Juco offer. So, you know, Juco, maybe he goes there for a year and he finds himself at a high-level D1 the next year. And he does what he has to do to, you know, become that guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I Yeah, I would probably say maybe not settle either. Obviously, I don't know his situation or anything like that. You know, free college is free college regardless, you know, as long as it's fully paid for because I do legitimately think he's one of those players whose college should be fully paid for. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, I kind of agree. I think right now, I mean, he's going to be that dude, man. I mean, at the worst, like, okay, maybe you could criticize, like, his skills like fundamentally and stuff like that like he's not as good hand fighting as a uh, Caden Parrish and stuff like that but I mean physical ability matters when it comes to linemen you know it just does and size and all that obviously already has the size prototypical you know physical ability it's there you know when you have a dude who is this special physically you'll I mean figure it out like coach him up and he'll be good the rest of the way you know what I mean um, I think it's just a matter of like, you know, who's going to go ahead and give him the first opportunity because I think he is 1A. I mean, I we knew going into this season that there were a couple guys that would, you know, be in the mix. Leon was pretty much the front runner for the entire season, including right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, would you agree with that, Mason, for the most part, for most of the season, he was that dude? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I started watching film on specific, you know, players that we kind of had an idea of really early in the season. And then I watched film again later on towards like the middle and then towards the end again. And the whole time Leon was at the top of my list. Like he is that guy. Yeah, undisputed. So there you go. Uh, Leon Ramirez, number one here. Um, our number one interior lineman here in the class of 2022 one more time in case you forgot at number five we have Ari Jacobs from Lutheran at number four we have Nick Worcester from Fairview at number three we have Vladimir uh, Dabovich from Pueblo West at number two we have Caden Parrish from Valor Christian and then at number one 
our number one interior offensive lineman in the class of 2022 here in Colorado is Leon Ramirez. So there you go. Before I go ahead and wrap this thing up, Mason, do you have any last remarks or anything like that? Um, if anyone thinks that we missed anybody or anything like that, you know, you can go ahead and send the film over and I will be happy to look at it and give you my honest opinion on those players. Um, and we'll be doing film breakdowns on all the players that I, you know, said were, you know, barely missing this list and they missed it for very minute reason, minute reasons. So, you know, go ahead and send it over the film. I'd be happy to look. There you go. Uh, you know where to find us. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and tell you where to find us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Playmakers Corner. And then obviously, if you are listening to us on a streaming platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, go ahead and uh, give us a good rating here and show us some love on that and all of our social media platforms. We very much appreciate it, you know, and uh, we're going to continue doing this thing mason and i will be back eventually to do offensive tackles uh so exterior offensive linemen and then we will be doing interior defensive linemen as well and then i think cody might join for edge rushers we will see about that well no cody definitely wants to be in on edge rushers so we will see but that'll pretty much wrap up this episode thank you so much for rocking with us I have been one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'm your other co-host, Mason Austin. And let the big boys eat. Peace.